Coaches, welcome to this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. This episode is sponsored by GameStrat. If you're in need of a sideline replay system, check out GameStrat. They have the fastest sideline replay system on the market. They provide 24-7 support during the season, which separates GameStrat from the rest of the competition. Bottom line, making in-game adjustments equals winning more games. So go check out GameStrat on Twitter, at GameStrat, or on the web at www.gametimestrategy.com. We'd also like to take a moment to mention a new sponsor of the podcast this year, Just Play Solutions. I know most of our audience knows about Just Play and how they can take your game preparation to the next level. From scout cards to players quizzing to install, Just Play provides coaches with football playbook and game planning tools to prepare faster and engage today's student-athletes. Make it a priority to check out Just Play this offseason before your league opponents do. Visit www.justplaysolutions.com, sign up for a demo, and let them know we sent you. Coaches, uh, welcome to this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Uh, um, this evening, we're excited to have Terry Harrison. He's a head football coach uh, and, and offensive line coach at, at Bethel College out in Kansas. Coach, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. I, I appreciate you guys having me on. Hey, we're excited to have you. Um, and let's go ahead and kick it off. You know, tell us, you know, a little bit about where you're from and, uh, you know, where you've coached and kind of talk about, you know, how you got to where you're at currently in your coaching journey. Yeah, well, I, uh, I'll just try, I'll try to be brief, uh, you know, growing up a little bit because it's, it's pretty much a sad country song, you know, uh, same trailer, different parks, bounce around a bunch of small towns um, in East Texas, um, between Liberty, Texas, Whole Days Edda. So if there's guys out there, um, I think some of those guys I've heard are, are turning into flexbone schools now, but uh, lived in Dayton, Texas for a while and then, and then ended up graduating from Huntington High School um, in Huntington, Texas, which is a small town outside of Lufkin. Um, and from there, that was, that was 2001 when I graduated high school. Um, and, uh, you know, was tinkering around, was thinking about joining the army. Um, but this college coach from Kansas kept calling, kept calling, kept calling. And, uh, you know, finally in June when I was going to go do my, um, you know, do my physical to, to join the army. Um, my mom kind of was like, you know, you should at least go check that place out um, before you sign the dotted line to, to join the army and, uh, went up there and, Decided to go to Sterling College in Sterling, Kansas, which is an NAI school in the conference I'm currently coaching in. And, you know, again, like I said, it was like, you know, you can join the Army at any time is what I told myself. Um, so let's go play college football while you have the chance. And so I went up there to play college ball. Um, and that September was actually September 11, 2001. Um, so in a lot of ways, you know, small college football, you know, saved my life. I probably would have been kicking indoors in Iraq, you know, um, had I not went up there and, and played ball, which was it was really good for me. So anyway, we were really bad um, there at Sterling College, potentially one of the worst teams 
in the country, if I'm being 100% up front, we're spread team. I went as a quarterback, so we were throwing the ball, you know, 30, 40, 50 times a game. And, you know, I was throwing a bunch of interceptions. And, you know, a lot of times questioned why I was playing the game. And uh, my senior season in 2004, a guy named Andy Lambert came to coach there, and that's when I got introduced to the flex bone for the first time. Um, and I got moved to tight end. Um, so I went from a spread quarterback to playing tight end in a flex bone offense, and we actually we had immediate success. So we had lost 20 games in a row um, my sophomore and junior seasons. Um, Andy came down from Trinity International in Chicago, which is an NAI school, and uh, we went five and five that year. I believe it was five and five or five and four, um, but but regardless, had a really good year, um, and and that you know so I think that experience you know, from being a quarterback on a bad team where you're throwing picks and, you know, just knew it was bad. Um, and, and then moving to tight end, which is basically offensive line, right, um, and having success. And that, that's where I fell in love with the offense. Um, and so from there, I knew that's what I wanted to do. I just, I just, it took, I took to it. I loved it from the get-go. And I knew, hey, this is something I want to do, quite honestly, for the rest of my life. So I was an I was education major. Um, I stayed on that fall, and I coached the offensive line um, in 2005 and while I was student teaching. And then I got into high school coaching. I was at Valley Center High School, a, a 5A school in Kansas here, just outside of Wichita um, for six years. And then um, from there, I got to know some guys in the Flexbone community. Um, Randy Dryling is a guy at Hutchinson High School who's won a bunch of state championships. Now he's at St. Thomas Aquinas. Um, I was trying to go be his quarterback coach. And, and a school named Wichita Heights High School um, here in Wichita had a defensive coordinator opening, and they were, he was best friends. Randy was best friends with Rick Wheeler, and, and, that's, and that's how I got to Heights High School to be the defensive coordinator. Um, they, Heights had just played in three state championship games, and, and uh, 9, 10, and 11 had won one, probably should have won two. Um, became the defensive coordinator for Rick Wheeler, who, who's a legend in our state, um, just a guy that – I mean, he is my mentor. If you want to pick one guy, he, he's the guy. Um, and uh, he – at three months after our, the first season there, uh, we lost in the first round of playoffs. And that next week at his house, we were doing our final stats. And he told me, hey, man, I want you to be the next head coach here at Wichita Heights and told me he was retiring as head football coach. And so three months as an assistant at Heights High School, and then I became the head coach. And so went on to win. Um, two, uh, we were 38-16 and 16 at the varsity level. Pro, over my five years as head coach there, program-wide, we, we won 87% of our games from, you know, freshman, JV, and uh, varsity football. And then a year ago this month, Bethel College called me and said, hey, we want you to come be the head football coach here. And um, told them no the very first time I talked to them that there's no way I'm leaving Heights High School because it was a great job. And the athletic, director at the, uh, the athletic director, who's still our AD, told me, look, how many, college, how many opportunities are you ever going to have to be a college football coach, a head coach? And, you know, I, I agreed that he's probably right, and I should at least come and talk to him. And quite honestly, once I, when I came to campus and I started meeting players and meeting people, it was just one of those deals, you know, being an option guy and a flex bone guy, you just don't get the opportunity to run this offense at the college level. And so, you know what, my family didn't have to move, and my wife was supportive, and here we are a year later, and, man, I, I don't regret one second of it. It's been, uh, been, been an absolute blast, and, uh, you know, we, we learn something every day sure coach that's uh that's great I, I really appreciate you sharing that background with us and you know that's uh that's a good history and and I'm I'm interested in knowing you mentioned Rick Wheeler uh you know over at Wichita Heights and 
you know, that three-month period there. Who, who else is maybe somebody you've leaned on, you know, maybe early in your career as a mentor or, or maybe even now as a, as a head coach um, in college to kind of help you, you know, through things that maybe that popped up that you didn't, you didn't have an answer to? You know, yeah, for right sure. Away. You know, I think we all have them, right? Everybody's yep. got that guy they call after every game. And, yep. you know, right, we, Coach Wheeler is – I still call him Coach Wheeler, right? Coach Wheeler's still my guy. And, you know, at some level, you know, my dad was in the military and he bounced around, you know, a lot. He was he was out of the country more than, than he was in. And, you know, I just – you know, Coach Wheeler's one of those guys that, you know, you, I just don't want to let him down. And that's how I felt as a coach and that's how I still feel – you know, and he's been able to come to a couple games and watch, and I, and I still talk to him after every game. And, you know, he's able to be pretty real about things, right, whether you, whether you did a good job or a bad job. But I, I trust that guy um, completely. Um, but, you know, Andy Lambert, who I played for, I, I mentioned him. He's now the head coach at Southern Nazarene, um, which is in Oklahoma City, or just outside of Oklahoma City, a Division II school there. You know, he's not running flexible and stuff anymore. But, you know, I was telling Tony that uh, culture-wise, he was the first coach that I ever met that I ever played for was around that really coached culture, you know, which now is pretty common. Right. But when I was playing, it just wasn't a thing that everyone was doing, you know? And so uh, he's been a big influence on some off the field things we do and some, you know, some procedural things we do at post game and at practice. And then I met Kenny Wheaton. So through Jeremy Reed, I met Kenny Wheaton in 2013. Um, and the first time I heard Kenny Wheaton speak at a clinic, I knew he was right. <laughs> and so he has been so good to me. Um, I visited Harding. I've gotten to know a lot of Harding guys. I was very fortunate to um, – I got to hire a former Harding player as my offensive coordinator. His name is Eric Kelly. He played slot for him. Um, and so, you know, really between Kenny Wheaton, um, Andy Lambert, and specifically Coach Wheeler, those are the guys that, that uh, you know, keep me going and refuel me all the time. and. You know, just, just thankful that I've been very lucky to meet very good coaches. That's awesome, Coach. Hey, speaking of those Harding guys in uh, Wheaton, uh, you, just, you just got back from the UConn clinic, right? Yes, yeah. No, we, were, we were there for two days, two days, two nights. Yeah, two, two nights, sorry, two nights and three days. And it's, uh, I look forward to that every year. Um, that's that's my, 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 one, my one clinic, my one weekend. You know, a lot of guys have hunting trips they, ne they never miss or whatever it is, you know, or they meet up with buddies from college once a year. But that's my once a year, you know, and my wife has been awesome and supportive. She knows that whenever whenever the UConn clinic is now, it was Ardmore Clinic when I first started going, but right. whenever Jeremy's throwing on that clinic and it's uh, Coach Chisholm and Kenny, she knows that uh, that's, uh, we're going to make that happen because it's just uh, it's just a great – just a great group of guys that have all, you know, now everybody's become friends and we all look forward to seeing each other every, every year. Oh, that's awesome. You got, you said you guys were up there talking to a 1 a.m. man learning and, and uh, you were talking about their uh, center that they had, how he's, he's going to be a real good coach one day and, uh, and how and yeah, had a great time. For sure. We were up every night, but you know, I, you know, the guy's been a coach for like four days. I hope he listens to this because I'm kind of, kind of taking a shot at him, right? He's been, a, he's, been a, he's been a coach for four days. He's a graduate assistant at Harding. But he was the uh, – you know, he started for four years at center for him, and he just won the uh, Remington Award for, you know, that center – offensive line center award for Division Two. But without a doubt, when you hear him talk – I actually watched him practice last spring, and it was evident that kid's going to be a coach one day. I think his dad is a is – a, you know, has been a very good coach in Arkansas high school football. But – 
he is a – I would call him a rising star would be the best way to put it. Um, and he's probably laughing if he hears this, and I know everybody's probably making fun of him. But without a doubt, that, that guy is, is undeniable when you start looking at him talking about offensive line play and his experience. And you can just tell, man, he's uh, – whatever it is, he has it. So it was, it was fun to get to know him um, this weekend as a coach now, not just a player. And he is uh, – I learned a ton just listening to him talk, for sure. That's awesome. Well, Coach, um, why, why don't you uh, – why don't we segue into talking a little bit about, you know, Bethel College. T tell us about, um, you know, where it's located, uh, you know, what it's like, you know, maybe what you guys are kind of looking for in the guys then in, in your players you want in your program. Yeah, no, that's great. I, uh, we um, Bethel College, it's a small private Christian college. So there, you know, for whatever reason, you know, I, I grew up in East Texas and wound up in Kansas, but there's about 19 small colleges in the state of Kansas. Okay. And, um, you know, so we, we play in the Kansas Collegiate Athletic Conference. Um, there's another, the Heart of America also has some schools in our state. So there's a bunch of them and you end up getting kids from all over the place. But um, man, what, what makes Bethel unique, I, um, I think, is, is we're one of the smaller schools in our state, but the academic resources that our, that our school provides for kids is, is unmatched. Um, and it really is. It's just a great education. But, uh, you know, part of why I came to Bethel is Bethel struggled. Um, one conference in 06 and 07 under a guy named Mike Moore, who, was a, who had some Kansas State ties. Um, so he was a good coach. But after 2007, it just really struggled. Um, and so that was kind of the draw to come was they've had more than three games since 07 um, in a season. And, uh, you know, and put, you know, so coming here, it wasn't the reason why I came, but, you know, they, you know, this year they put in brand new turf. So, you know, hell is turf, same stuff they have on Cowboy Stadium, put a big old video replay board up. Our stadium is just beautiful. Building a new weight room and, um, you know, fitness center for the kids you know, all the Under Armour stuff, you, you know, jerseys and all that. And it's a bad reason to pick a college. But what that showed me was their commitment. They want to win football games here. And more than that, the athletic director wanted a guy that could come in and recruit kids that can be successful. And so everybody's running the spread now. And so he wanted somebody that was a little different, you know. And we believe we can recruit kids to come in and be be extremely competitive. And we think we proved that in year one. Um we're not recruiting again, you know, so the other 19 colleges in our state, we're just not recruiting the same old lineman. It's just a different kid we're looking for. So we believe that gives us an advantage. And, uh, you know, it's a beautiful campus. Everyone who comes and visits our campus tells us it was beautiful and much nicer than they even thought it could be. It just is a great, it's a great place to go to school. We're about 15 minutes north of Wichita, which is the biggest city in our state. So the kids can be, you know, 15 minutes away at a small private Christian college. Um, but in the end, they, there's a, you know, there is a, a big, you know, Wichita is right down the road and they can go and get whatever they, you know, whatever the big city experience, I guess you would call it. So um, it's been, it's been great. And, you know, I, I love Bethel and, you know, I'm just, I'm committed to those guys because, you know, they were willing to kind of think outside the box and uh, go find a guy that, uh, you know, is a flex bone guy and um, hopefully recruiting the right kids that fit the, the, you know, the Christian college and the high academic expectation and, uh, it's been it's been a great fit since day one. Coach, talk a little bit about your uh, academics and then uh, how you're able to offer football scholarships as well. Yeah, so what what makes us a little different in our conference um, is that we can stack academic and athletic scholarships. So you know, everyone listening to this podcast most likely has an NAIA school near them, but everyone has their own unique scholarshiping. 
Um, so some would just give football scholarships. Some might just give academic scholarships depending on their own situation. But for us, we're able to stack both. And obviously, you know, the higher your academic scholarship, when you, when you stack a, a football scholarship on top of it, we, we are very competitive with our financial aid packages. And, you know, some, for some people, the myth out there is we're too expensive or, or whatever that might mean. But the reality is I've seen these financial aid packages, and I'm telling you, for a kid who can do it in the classroom, we're going we're gonna to give them a great financial aid package, and they're going to be able to come and play ball, um, hopefully in, a, in a, what we call biblical football, right, with Christian mentors. And, you know, we try to be the best role models we can be, but um, they're going to be able to do that, um, get a great education, and, you know, make friends that are going to last a lifetime. So that's kind of our um, – that's kind of what we do. And I would encourage any coach out there um, – you know, if you have a kid that, that's a, a good academic kid that, that, that maybe not fit in a spread system that, you know, loves the flex bone or a quarterback that, you know, is ate up with flex bone or whatever that looks like, we'd be worth – we'd be a legitimate option for a guy. And uh, we'd, love to, we'd love to reach out and connect with as many flex bone guys as we can. Good deal. Coach, a little bit of a piggyback there too. Um, you, you kind of alluded to it a little bit, you know, when you talk, when you said you talked with the athletic director on the phone and, and how at first you weren't necessarily sure and then you kind of thought about it. But, you know, as a new head coach, you know, maybe talk about, um, you know, why you brought option football to Bethel. Um, maybe, you know, a little bit about how that's all kind of transpired and, and, and brought to the table this first year here. Um, and, and maybe just talk about that. I mean, I, I, you've alluded to it a little bit, but maybe just, you know, finish it up. Yeah. So, you know, number one, it was what I knew. So like, well, like I talked about my playing experience, right. I knew for me when I, the second I lined up as a, well, I was a quarterback my first two weeks under Andy Lambert, my senior season. Then I got moved to tight end when I wasn't good enough. But the, the point is still the same. As soon as I started playing in a flex bone offense and, uh, you know, the coat rules were a little better back then, right? You could cut pretty much anywhere you wanted. But the hearing – so going from a spread quarterback running for your life, throwing, you know, 15 picks in a season to being a tight end and a flexbone offense and just sawing people in half all over the place um, and hearing those guys and the, they hated playing us, you know, for me, knowing I was going to be a coach, that really, that really hit, struck a chord with me. Like, hey, these guys don't want to play us, you know, and so – um, and then moving into high school level and learning from great mentors like Rick Wheeler, um, we just saw – so, you know, you hear guys talk about all the time at the high school level, you can win in this offense with lesser players, right? So you hear guys say you run this offense when you don't have as much talent. Um, and I do think there's some truth to that. But at Heights High School, we had talent. We had, we had some um, – with uh, Coach Vargas, I've heard him say it down at uh, in, um, in Medill, Oklahoma. Now we had some go daddies, all right. We had some guys, and when they caught pitches, they scored touchdowns. Um, and so, and be backed, and we were very fortunate to have that. But you know, there was kind of an idea that Heights was just loaded with talent, but we didn't offensive linemen. We just didn't have that. We had very small offensive linemen who were athletic, um, but you know, there were tiny schools in our state that had a bigger offensive line than us. So the fact that we could compete at the regional and state level every year just solidified this idea, you know, of who fits in this offense. So I think it's more an offensive line thing than a skill position thing. I think a kid who can play eye back can play slot back or, you know, vice versa. So, um, so coming to Bethel, you know, having seen that happen and seen our kids um, at Heights be so successful, we know we could come to, 
come to Kansas. We recruit really hard this I-35 corridor, okay? Wichita, down in Oklahoma City, and Dallas, Texas. And, and we'll, we've got kids from Tennessee and California. Don't kid yourself. But, you know, that's the, the, the majority of our team is from those, those places. We know we can go in to a, a small school in Oklahoma or in Kansas or in Texas, and we can find that O-lineman that's every coach's favorite who's probably six foot, 210, 215, 220, whatever that is, that nobody's on. No D2 wants them. No, no um, FCS school or the division one. They're not recruiting as an O-lineman, but that's – and a lot of times that's the coach's favorite kid. That was my experience as a high school coach. Some of my best offensive linemen were these undersized cats. And so we recruit those guys, and we know we're going to be able to be competitive with them. And, you know, and then at the same time, you know, we, we feel like we can go find – these slots, you know, as long as they're tough, man, they can play for us. So that, that's why we brought to Bethel. There is something, too, by the way. I don't want to downplay that. You, you can win with lesser athletes. There's truth to that. You know, there is a reason why the academies have been so successful. And, you know, you look at Harding, who, you know, is a private school at the Division II level. But, you know, at, at the same time, you know, it's, it's not just an offense for, uh, you know, you can run this with anybody you got, right? But we do definitely feel like we can recruit to it and not have to compete against all the Division II schools for offensive linemen, I guess is the best way to put it. Yep, and when that get, makes complete sense. I was going to say, when you get down there in somebody's leg, man, that's an equalizer, isn't it? <laughs> no, man. I'll tell you this, man. We were by far – we, we should have done a better job of taking pictures this year. But even at, you know, at the NEI level in our conference, man, our guys – we called ourselves angry little elves, man. We were midgets, man. We were little guys compared to who we were playing. And by the end of the game, every coach was like – every head coach. And this, con this conference has great coaching. They were like, I was glad that was over with. Because, they, you know, their kids are running off. They hate it. Um, our kids are coming off. Oh, yeah, tapping. Yeah, you see, you know, those D-line were tapping out. And uh, we take great pride in that. You guys know how it is. You guys do the same stuff. But it, it was fun to see at the college level, I guess. And uh, – you know, see these big D linemen who are used to pass rushing every stinking down, and all of a sudden, you know, you better shut, you better get down there and tackle diver. It's going to be a long night, you know. So, <laughs> I love it, man. But hey, let, let me ask this question real quick, Coach. Uh, we were talking a little bit about culture um, um, before we got on, and um, I wanted to see if uh, if Matt's a, a resource guru, man. I wanted to see if he knew some of these names you would you were you were dropping uh, uh, on me for things you uh, like to use for resources to help you out with culture uh, where you're at there, Bethel. Okay. I know, I know he's uh, Matt and uh, Jeremy are into three D uh, uh, three dimensional coaching, and uh, you had mentioned uh, you like some of that stuff, and you already are doing some of some of that, those kinds of things. But I'm, you mentioned a, a coach named Frosty and some books that you had that you like, and then uh, uh, your your uh, your coach there. Uh, what was Andy his name? Lambert. Adam uh, or Andy uh, Andy Lambert? Yeah, those are some guys that you like to lean on. For sure. Yeah. Do you know who Frosty is Matt? Frosty. I, I don't. Yeah, you'd know. You'd know if you did. No, for sure. So you need to get down on some Frosty Westering, man. All you guys out there. That oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Okay. I got. He you. was the head coach at Pacific Lutheran <laughs> for a long time. Yeah, I got you. He's got a book called the uh, Make the Big Time Where You're At and yeah, uh, the Strange Secrets of the Big Time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that that all came like I talked about earlier. Andy Lambert came to Sterling College when I was a senior, and he was the first coach I ever met that really coached culture, um, what what everybody calls culture today, right? Um, and it's kind of a turned into a little bit of a buzzword, which is a good thing. Um, 
But anyway, yeah, that, that's who – so Frosty did some unique things. Um, I've read 3D Coaching um, by – is it is Jeff Duke there? And yeah. love it. Yeah. You know, definitely incorporate that into our program at Bethel. But a majority of our culture things come from my experience playing for Andy um, and a lot of the Frosty stuff. So when our team meetings, we refer back to those books a lot. And there's some parables in there which are – you know, they're entertaining and they're fun. And we try to – we change them and use them as – yeah, we, we use them as stories like we've lived them and the kids laugh, but 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 they do get the point. It gets the point across and it's something that sticks with them. Um, but we do a thing. I think one of the most unique things that we do when people visit us or when parents, especially like kid, kids are on a game day visit or when parents are there, we do have kids and families win, lose or draw recruits, current players, families. They join us on the field after the game and uh, we do what's called put ups. Okay, because we want to be a countercultural program. So, you know, what a society tells us all the time is to put people down, right? So, our kids, um, after a game, they've got, we've got to do three, we do this at practice every day, too. Um, you know, you put somebody up and you have to be specific about it, and then you have to make up a cheer for them. Okay, and that's, that's the funny part when they have to make up a cheer for them, but it is uniquely different. It reminds, so, when I hear you guys talk about the spotlight drill at the end yeah. of the game, when you practice, yeah. it's honestly, it's what. So, I've heard Jeremy talk about that, you know, Coach Reed down there at UConn, and it's quite honestly the same thing. I just learned it as put ups, you know, and so we do that every day. You know, when we get our GPAs back at the end of the semester, we put kids up that are over 3.0, and, you know, we do funny cheers for them, and we all take pride in it, and, you know, it. it uh, those are all things I learned from Andy. So none of it I made up. I just was able to experience it as a player. And then I've, uh, you know, at Bethel for, for sure, you know, I've, I've, we've really embraced that. And all of my coaches other than Eric Kelly, who played at Harding, they all played for Andy Lambert. So it's, you know, we're all on board and we love it. And the kids have learned to love it. And it's been fun to see them embrace it. And, you know, I, I think that will be, Andy Lambert's legacy as much as anything because he is a great football coach man he's got he's got kids that have played for him like me all over the country doing these things and you know trying to play what we call biblical football you know and uh, it's been a, it's been pretty powerful coach that's uh that's great I'm glad you're uh you know incorporating all of that I, I'll uh I'll throw one more in there sport leader I don't know if you've um being a small private Christian school I don't know if you've heard of them but they do another good job with uh um they do virtues they have it for, they have a basically a dual curriculum one for public school one for private school okay so um it, it's pretty neat too um but you know i think you're right it's it's a it's a buzzword but ultimately it's not a bad one like you said the sure. relationships um you know allowing peer-to-peer -peer coaching peer-to-peer -peer mentorship uh, those are you know, those are things that, uh, you know, when you're talking about building men that, that they'll need later on in life for sure. So, uh, those are, those are awesome things that you're doing. And, and, uh, you know, the kids, they may not know it, they may not know it now, <laughs> but they'll come back, you know, when they're 28 years old and go, you know what, you were right. <laughs> you know, I heard you guys say, you know, the funny part, I heard you guys talk about the spotlight drill with, with Jeremy and, yeah. You know, the amazing part is even the kids you think may fight that or never put somebody up, it never fails. Those kids end up putting somebody up. And when we make them come up with a cheer for them, generally they're the best ones, you know. And yeah. so, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's powerful. I know it's really good because when we recruit kids, uh, 
you know, we tell the parents, like, look, you know, we, we call it the brotherhood, right? And that's pretty common among apparently against the option schools, right? Me and me and Tony talked about that. Like it's mandatory. If you're an option school, you have to call yourself the brotherhood, right? Um, I told Tony earlier, like, look, I can't think of a better thing to emulate, right? If, if than that, that's right. Um, but but for parents to see that, it, it makes them very comfortable when they meet us because so often you hear coaches. What, what are parents and kids told that the recruiting experience, well, they love you when they're recruiting you, but when you show up, they treat you yeah. differently. And we take great pride in that is not the case at Bethel College. <laughs> you know, and for parents to get to see that after games when they're around, I think it – and even when we're lifting. So if, if, if there's a kid on a visit right now, they get to watch our team lift and they get to see us interact with the kids. I think it makes, comfort, uh, makes parents feel comfortable – with the decision and the gut feeling they already had that this is the place for me because it, that's reality. We, we don't treat a recruit different than a player and we don't change once you show up. And, you know, unfortunately that's probably, um, that's probably countercultural in today's college football, but you know, we take great pride in that. I don't know, coach. It's probably just the right thing to do. Yeah. I agree with that hundred percent. Hey, so first year, uh, pretty tough conference, you know, tell us kind of, how people defended you, man. Like, you know, you're the only show in town, right? So uh, you knew exactly what they were going to do, right? Oh, my goodness. We thought we did. Oh, boy, we thought they did. Um, we, you know, our conference, so traditionally, our conference has gotten very good. So when I played, it was it was probably – it was not the toughest conference in the nation by any, by any means now. But um, now when I came here as a coach, not really knowing what to expect, I guess, at, at some level – you know, we had a team that almost that played in the semifinals this year out of our conference. They almost went to a national championship game. And we had a team in our state that played in the national championship game. So it's, it's you know, it's big boy football, and um, it, it's getting significantly better. And I, and I tell you, there are great coaches in our conference. Man, I respect every one of them. Um, and so, so yeah, it, it's big boy football. And it was, it was humbling, I guess, at some level to, to get in here. And, you know, we were going to, you know, not really knowing what to expect, but they're good guys out there. So how did – teams defend us um the conference the year before had eight four threes okay so when you know we're looking at okay what are we getting ready for eight teams ran a four three and we had two three odd fronts right so whether you want to call it three four odd stack depending on the on how they align but you know two odd fronts we got defended um two teams played us like they showed the week before so we played two four three teams that played us True 4-3, whether you want to call it a 6-1 or hit backers. I mean, just a 4-3, whatever you want to call it. Um, They deepened deepened their mic a little bit to about seven yards, which was fine. They had that guy running. But both those teams play us identically. Um, And then all uh, of of the other teams, one team played us in an odd stack. And they were traditionally a a slant front 3-4. They played us in an odd stack. So that was okay. All the other teams played us in what we call a 5-1-5. I don't know what you guys call it. Um, we ended up coming up with our own name for it just because they're the kids having to know all these numbers. We named it, you know, we named it a defense. But a 5-1-5, now whether that's a like a 50 front, a 3-4 with the inside backers end up stack. I think some guys call that a Lincoln stack. Yep, yeah, they're doing that. And then some people played us in like an odd stack, 3-3-3. Three, three, three with corners, you know, and so they, it looked like three safeties. And so we got that twice including our first game, which we were not prepared for, uh, which is embarrassing to admit. But um, so the team, the first week we came out playing on ESPN3, 
Um, this team had been a 4-2 forever, and they played us in a 5-1-5, three-stacked, and we just weren't ready with our tags for it. So that was a lesson learned the hard way, even though we knew better. But, yeah, so that's what people are doing, a lot of odd fronts, a lot of odd fronts, and we'll see what happens next year, right? We, I guess you never really know. <laughs> hey, we won't. We all we all been there. As a matter of fact, uh, we we were talking to Chisholm last week, and they did a thing uh, with all their coaches where they guessed what front they would see every single game. And he said the whole season they were wrong, like eight nine times or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. I know we talked. We you know talking to those guys and hear them say that we're going to do that too. I might have to like put dinner on or something for my assistant coaches. Uh, but yeah, you know, and I get it. Um, it's I think it's the. It's not a knock on anyone, right? But I'll tell you that at the high school level, at least, we we really didn't get that. You know, we played in a really good league with really good coaches and several who have been very successful. And we kind of knew what they were going to do. And they that's what they – they coached their kids up hard. So, for me, you hear guys, they get all these junk fronts. I doubt it was not my experience, to be honest with you, at the high school level. Now, we would get maybe a guy going from a 4-3 to a 4-2 to get an eight-man box, but – it was never that drastic, but this was pretty uh, – it was a learning experience, to say the least. So, we had to – we call that defense uh, – we have a name for it, but, you know, I'll call it Terry because that's my name. But it's one of the things we, we identify um, every every time we're at the line of scrimmage now. But we, we, we do that every front – that front every day now for 10 minutes because it's – so a 5-1-5 basically. Yeah. So, all you D coordinators out there. You better not bring no bring any five one five nonsense because we're ready now. You know that's what that's all spring ball, baby. We're going five one five. So <laughs> that's it. Was it's funny you bring that up uh, and you had that experience because uh, you're you're a Wheaton guy. You consider you know you love listening to him. And uh, coach has on here a question about your practice schedule. Uh, did yeah. having some of those experiences uh, kind of change the way you run your practices? I mean, Chisholm was talking about how they try to run those pods where they they're, they're trying to simulate every single front if you will or as many mm -hmm. as you can possibly you know uh so that your kids are prepared and they're not in that chaotic shock and awe stage when they you practice all week one front and then you know they throw you another you know for sure so i'll say this we i am a hundred percent kenny wheaton style hundred percent kenny wheaton kevin chisholm those guys are um they i i just believe their experience and what they've done and what i've seen I think they're, they, they, they do a really good job. Okay. There's a lot of ways to skin a cat, but for me and my personality and the way I like to practice and play and the skills I like to carry, I, I trust them. We practice exactly like they practice, but prior, so we were ready for everything, but when you're going to carry tags, we didn't have the tags prepared for week one is what it was. So we just, it wasn't that we practiced, we practiced for every possible front every single day, just like those do. So if you, if Kevin talked about it, I won't repeat it because that's what we do. So, you know, listen to Kevin's stuff and that's what we do. But, um, but we just weren't, we, we didn't have the right tags in is ultimately what happened to us that week. And we were, we were trying to adjust on the sideline, but you got to, you know, that was week one. The team we the team we inherited the O linemen all played in a two point stance. None of them had been a three point stance, so it was a little bit of just you know my first game as a college coach, man. It was the perfect storm of like here we go, right? And we still scored on our first drive, but we uh, and they converted they converted a bunch of third downs on us. So it was just a long night and a learning lesson. But yeah, no, we we just didn't have the tags in, and so and once we got that fixed, we were we felt like we were good to go the rest of the season against those five one fives, but. 
when I think when people saw us week one struggle against this, they decided that was, you know, it's the flex bone stopper. So you're going to see it. Oh yeah. So we're ready for it. That's trust me. Like I said, spring ball, man, a lot of five, one, five. Well, speaking of spring ball coach, how, what, uh, you know, when can coaches come clinic or, you know, clinic with you guys, or do you host a clinic and you know, when your spring practices start this year and, you know, kind of kind of give the coaches kind of some ideas in case they're in your area and want to come talk with you. Yeah, so we, we, we will start spring ball. We go two weeks before our spring break, so we'll start that March 4th. We go in, in the afternoons of 4 to, 4 to 5.30. Um, guys are more than welcome. We're going to go Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Fridays, the two weeks before spring break, and then we're, when our kids come back, we'll go two weeks after. We'll put that out on our Twitter page. We'll put a calendar up, um, and it'll be you know on our Twitter page which is out there, you know, it's at Thresher, at Thresher's underscore FB, I believe. Um, but if you follow, if you look for me on, on Twitter, you can find me for sure. But it'll be posted there. And, you know, we, we aren't doing a coach's clinic this spring. Um, we, we have so many guys, even last year in our first years before we played a season, we had guys coming and watching us practice. So, you know, what based on some of the feedback I've gotten already, um, there's a lot of guys that are come to spring practice. So I just encourage you, man, better than watching me stand up and talk in front of you, come watch us practice because if there's anything I have learned and basically stolen from someone is the way those guys are hard in practice. And unless you see it live, it's hard to describe. It sounds like the greatest thing since sliced bread, but when you see it, you know, if you're like me and you're like-minded, you'll believe it. And so we do that. Um, so guys need to come out to practice and watch us. They can come to coaches meetings and everything. And we'll, you know, we'll, uh, I have nothing to hide and everything I've got, you know, someone's been very kind to me and shared with me um, like Kenny and, and Kevin and those guys. So, um, so yeah, that's what we do. So come to that. And then, um, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're looking at, you know, in the summer doing a prospect camp for some 2020s. We hadn't set a date for that yet, but I would tell everybody the best thing uh, my wife is due next month with our third child. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. We're having a baby. We have two girls, six, three, six and three, and then we're having a baby boy. Um, uh-huh. So here we go. Right. It's starting all over, but, uh, but yeah, so I'm not as going to be as many clinics. I went down to Yukon and I didn't miss that one, but my coaches will be out. We're going to be down in Dallas um, at the, at the clinic down there that Larry puts on. So, you know, talk to uh, Coach Stokes, our quarterback and B-back coach, and then Eric Kelly, who's our offensive coordinator and slots coach, who, who played at Harding. He'll be there. Get those guys up. Come watch us practice because, quite honestly, that's the best thing we do um, is, is practice. And then, uh, you know, whatever, whatever works from there and anything I can do to help, man, I'd be a uh, – I'll help anybody I can because I'm just a guy that's – you know, people have helped me along the way, and I try to, I try to pay that back for sure. Now, now, will they see some midline triple if they come? Um, that might be all they see, right? I don't know. <laughs> we did that. We did that. Twelve plays at Christmas. I know you saw that on Twitter, and it was it was mid triple, mid triple, mid triple, right? Yeah, it's the best it. playing. I love it, coach. I love it's, it. It's the it's the best playing football, you know. So it's uh, man, I I think even at the high school level, I was very lucky. So Coach Wheeler has been uh had been doing that since two thousand nine. So he'd been running mid. I know some guys, it's, it's a new idea for them. But I was just very lucky that, that Rick Wheeler's been doing that so long. So, I, you know, we've been wearing people out with that for a long time. Um, so they will definitely see mid-triple. That is the, that's the play, right? And uh, we do a few different things. We try to – we run counter tray, which I don't know Kenny doesn't do. 
Um, you know, at the high school level, man, we used to wear people out running count, you know, GT counter trade. We we'd get to that. We would get to that opposite slot back, not quarterback counter trade, but the other slot. We struggled with it this year at, at Bethel for for whatever reason. We couldn't get it to go, and that's a that's going to be something big for us. We'll work on that a ton. So if you're a guy that that's ever thought about counter trade and never seen it done at this level, it's just not that common. Um, we run counter tray and that's a little bit different than a lot of guys do. And what we, our goal is we want to expand our passing game a little bit. We, uh, I think our quarterback ended up throwing for like 1300 yards this year, wow. um, which for a flexible school can be a lot, but we really think with our quarterback, so we inherited a spread guy who's a great option quarterback and we, we've got some receivers and slots that are, that are really good. So that's one of the things that they'll, they'll see us working on, you know, uh, because we think that can be – without adding another run scheme, we think we can take advantage of what people are doing um, by throwing the ball. So, a little bit – you know, you guys talked to Kelly Lee. Kelly Lee reminds me of Rick Wheeler, okay? So, the way he talks about all these different schemes, and he does a lot. Well, that was Rick Wheeler, man. Rick Wheeler, he ran every possible thing. Man, we ran power. We ran ISO. I mean, I, basically, I formation plays, man. We, we did all that out of flex. So, you can do it. And Coach Wheeler, I'll give you his number. He will tell you how to do it all, right? Um, that's just not how my brain works. He makes fun of me all the time for it. But, you know, you can do all that stuff. But I think the main thing we do that would be different from those guys at Harding is really counter tray. And then, you know, we use their passing concepts, but we, uh, we're we going to put it in the air, you know, and that's something we want to do next year um, even more just based on our personnel. Well, that's that's awesome stuff, man. Hey, before you leave, coach, before we wind this thing down, I know there's two things we got to talk about. One, how cool was it uh, at the Dallas Clinic last year? I come down out of the elevator, and you're sitting there with uh, Ashley Ingram eating breakfast, man. <laughs> how cool was that? <laughs> well, it it was pretty cool. You know, I was so tired um, from everything. I'm I was sitting there and. You know, it took me a minute. Like, oh, this is a you know, he's the offensive line coach at the Naval Academy. You know, and so. <laughs> We were just having breakfast, talking about our kids and talking about coaching. And, you know, he <laughs> – that's pretty funny. Yeah, I forgot about that at some level. He was just a great dude. And then we got to talking, and he was talking about his experience. But, yeah, that's what's great about these clinics, man. I would tell all these young guys out there that, that are coaches, go to these clinics, man, because that's what happens. You know, you're sitting at a, you're sitting at a table eating breakfast with the offensive line coach at the Naval Academy, you know, and just – you know, it's just been fun, you know. And so for me, you know, and I got to meet you and we, we got to talk ball and I've met, uh, I think, almost everybody on your podcast I've met at some, for the most part, um, because, you know, I was willing to go and learn and try to try to figure some things out and try to get better as a coach. Network, man. Yeah. We all yeah, work for you now, you know. Yeah. The cool part has been I'm fans of those guys. It's just like Harding, man. I pull for those guys. You, you that guy – Forgive me, I forgot the name of the coach from Springfield College, but you know, Webster, this whole, yeah, this whole brotherhood thing is real, man. I, I'm a fan of Springfield College from afar. I don't know one guy on that staff, but I know they're John running. Cena now, right? John Cena. Yeah, just, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah, well, except for John Cena. Yeah, yeah, but those guys, I'm a fan of theirs, you know, and I'm pulling for them because you know, it, to do this at a high level, especially in the college game, man, you you got to. You got to really get after it. You got to believe in what you're doing and know this is this is, gives your guys the best chance to win. So anyway, um, even in all the high school guys I meet, it is a brotherhood at some level. And you know, I, I've become fans of all these people, and I've met them all at clinics. And now, you know, it gives you the opportunity to do something like this. And anyway, so all those guys out there, man, get to these clinics because you just 
you're going to learn something you didn't know beforehand and you get to be a bunch of great people who are, who are like-minded and, you know, and love option football. All right, coach, coach McLeod, uh, here's a, here's a question for you. Ready? Do you know, do you know what a thresher is? Well, so we used it for hay. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I think y'all use it for pulling the husk off a of wheat, don't you? Yeah, hey, man, you, uh, you might be—you might be the only guy in America who would have got that right outside of Central Kansas. So, well, when you I thought for sure I had it, man, I thought it. Uh, you ain't getting me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a—it's uh, a pretty intimidating mascot. You know, it's a—it's uh, a piece of farm equipment. You know, so <laughs> well, it takes a. <laughs> It takes a farmer to know that type of farm equipment. Trust me. <laughs> hey man, we love it. You know the the high the local high school are the threshers, and that's you know another you know threshing wheat. So yeah. you know that's you know, it's a Mennonite college, it's a Mennonite school, and that's you know the, that long history of farming, and so those communities have embraced that, and that's what they use as the mascot. So yeah, it's funny. I think a lot of people think it's like thrasher, like you know claws or something, but. Yeah. You know, no, it's just a rolling stone, man. That's all it is, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In South Carolina, we use that thing for hay because we don't grow <laughs> a whole lot of wheat. Yeah, there but, you go. That's uh, right. But it serves the same purpose. That's right. That's right. You it's know, exactly it up a little bit. We walk around campus and they're sitting everywhere. You know what I mean? There's there's threshing old threshing stones all over the place. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's neat, you know. Um, my 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 brother-in-law and I kind of have this little deal where we quiz each other on like the most obscure mascot and what it means. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I can't wait to get him on the phone with this one. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, there's he a clue. Right. If he gets that man, it just he ends the game. Get it? I'm I'm in the good man. <laughs> I'm in the good for sure. For sure. I'm winning this one. <laughs> No, but coach, you know, I know you got your family coming back in and everything, and uh, I know you want to be with them, and and uh, particularly with your wife there getting ready to pop. So, won't let you go. But really, really, really appreciate you coming on. It's been awesome. Um, hey, hope spring goes well, and uh, you know, don't know that we'll talk to you before the season for next year, but but best of luck, and you know, if we can, Tony and I can ever do anything for you, man, you just holler. Yeah, you guys, hey, man, I appreciate you guys having me. You know, I've, you know, gotten to know Tony now and then getting to know you's great. But, uh, you know, for sure, any any way I can help and give back, like I said, um, Rick Wheeler, Andy Lambert there at Southern Naz, and, and obviously Kenny Wheaton now and Kevin Chisholm is part of that. They've given they've given not, for no reason they've helped me. Um, and they've given me everything that, that to help and to, to help me become a better coach. So, you know, it's hard to ask sometimes, but I'm telling you, any any guys out there that, you know, want to know more or how we practice or what we do or, or want to come watch it live, man, you will we, – we will treat you right. Um, and, and like I said, I, I don't know that I'm smarter than anybody, but I've had some really good mentors, and we uh, – you know, we're open and willing to help anybody. So anybody out there that wants to, uh, you know, come watch some flex bone practice this spring, Let's make it happen, and if nothing else, um, you know, if it needs video or anything like that, I'd be, uh, I'd be glad to help. All right, I appreciate you, Coach. That's going to wrap this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Again, you can download our podcasts at Apple iTunes. You can go on and rate us if you think we're any good, and maybe leave us some comments about some things you'd like to hear in future episodes. 
Also, you can download it on the new Google Podcast uh, application and on Stitcher. Again, I'm Matt McLeod. You can reach me on Twitter at RunTheTriple. Again, that's at RunTheTriple on Twitter. Our MeshPoint podcast has its own Twitter page, and that's at TheMeshPoint. Again, on Twitter, at TheMeshPoint. You can also find me on FlexBoneNation.com. I run an option blog there. We also have a forum where you can connect with coaches across the country. And I've just added a new uh, section entitled Podcast where you can download future episodes. All right, Tony, I want you to let everybody know how they can get you on social media. All right, guys, go to Three Face Football on Twitter, at Three Face Football, and uh, you'll you'll be able to follow my account. And um, the cool thing about it is, is every Monday we do something called Mesh Point Monday, and basically I'll post out four questions concerning a triple option topic. And it's a great opportunity for coaches all around uh, the country and uh, to, to get together and network and, and uh, get to know each other and, you know, we'll talk about some kind of triple option topic. So catch, uh, catch that every Monday, 8 o'clock Eastern. And uh, what you want to do is search the hashtag MeshPoint to see everybody's responses uh, to, to the four questions. Uh, like I said, great, great way to uh, build our networks and, and, and learn some things. It's like an ongoing webinar on Twitter. So it's real cool. Also, check out the website, threefacefootball.net. Uh, we've got some cool gear, like Fear the Veer, you'll see in the background here. Uh, Fear the Veer stuff, uh, MeshPoint gear, and, and other things like that. So uh, go check out that website as well.